So if you're in this place and you're visiting perhaps for the first time, I encourage you to go ahead and get the previous uh, sermons and teachings of this series because we've already touched two gifts. We talked about uh, the word of wisdom and the gift of the word of knowledge, which are spirit gifts. Amen. And then we talked about uh, the fruit of love, which is the essential agent for you to operate correctly in gifts. Amen. And we've also talked about the fruit of joy. Amen. And so today we're going back to a gift. And we're not going necessarily in order. We're going by category. Amen. And uh, I'm going to read my text and pray in a moment. But I just want to give you the categories again very quickly just in case you forgot. Uh, we're in revelation gifts right now. Revelation gifts. The revelation gifts are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the one we're going to talk about in just a moment, which is discerning of spirits discerning of spirits. Amen. And then from there, we'll go into what is referred to by many scholars as the power gifts. The power gifts is healing, working of miracles, and faith. Talking about a supernatural faith. Amen. And then we're going to talk about the vocal gifts. And the vocal gifts are prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Amen. And those are just the spirit gifts. Amen. From 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's not talking about the other seven fruits of the Spirit that we'll be touching as well. Amen. Glory to God. And as we draw closer to that time where people go to the department stores to buy gifts, <laughs> uh, which is Christmas, hallelujah, we, we might just be all the way, we might be going through this series all the way into uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Amen. Uh, I said I was going to take my time with this and that I was going to teach. Amen. So with that being said, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to begin at verse uh, number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 7. I think, it, uh, I think uh, verse number 7 is key. Amen. And I'm going to read the gifts. Hallelujah. But let's go ahead and put that up there. I read today in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And the word of the Lord says it so. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. I want to read that one more time. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Amen. Go to the next verse. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Those are the ones we covered already. Go to the next verse. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. And I'm going to stop right there because that's the one we're going to concentrate right now. Discerning of spirits. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you, Lord God, and we just ask you to have your way in this place. Spirit of the living God, we know that you abide in the place of liberty. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so, Father God, I pray that this atmosphere would be an atmosphere where your spirit could just move freely. And, Father God, have your way in this place. Teach us tonight. Challenge our minds. Challenge, hallelujah, our thinking. And, Father God, we give you glory for everything that you're about to do in this place, even now. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen and amen. All right. Uh, one of the first things that I want to just uh, 
reiterate is that seventh verse, hallelujah, says that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to us, watch this, so that we might profit with all. In other words, the purpose of the gifts of the Spirit is for the profitability of the congregation, the church, amen? In other words, if, it, if you're not operating in these with the purpose, watch this, of edifying the body of Christ, then you are operating in them out of order. In other words, they are being misused, which allows us to know that they can be misused. Are you following what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. And so watch this. I want to start by giving you a definition, a nice, clear definition of what discerning of spirits is. Amen. So if you can put that slide up on the board very quickly, hallelujah. If you're, if, grab your phone, take a snapshot, hallelujah. It's not going to be up there that long. Amen. So here's the definition for you, and I need you to know this. Amen. Uh, the gift of the, of the discerning of spirits is an instantaneous and divine insight into the spirit world, watch this now, for the purpose of distinguishing the spiritual source behind a condition, could be a sickness, amen, uh, activity, person as it pertains to one's character, amen, uh, or operation. And so I want to read it one more time. The gift of the discerning of spirits is an instantaneous and divine insight into the spirit world for the purpose of distinguishing the spiritual source behind a condition, activity, person, or operation. If I had to narrow that in one quick, one quick sentence, it is to know the motive behind an action. It is to know the motive behind an action and the source. That is doing the influencing. Are you following what I'm saying in here? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Now, let me just give you a couple of things that uh, discerning of spirits is not. Amen. Before I tell you what it is, let me tell you what it is not. Amen. It's not metaphysics. We're not talking about philosophy here. Are you following what I'm saying? It's not metaphysics. It's not uh, thought reading. It's not you reading someone's thoughts. Are you following what I'm saying? Some of us think we could, you know, we... Anyway, I read her. Anyway, um, it's not psychological analysis. Not talking about uh, uh, human discernment. We're going to talk about that in a moment, hallelujah, because there is such a thing. So we're not talking about psychological analysis. This is a gift of the spirit. This is totally spiritual, amen. It's not ESP. It's not uh, extrasensory perception. Amen? It's not a process of the mind. Amen? Uh, watch this. I'll tell you what it really is not either. It's not the gift of criticism. It, it, God's not showing you something so that you can criticize. Are you following what I'm saying? It's not the gift of fault finding. Amen? Remember what I said a moment ago. It's supposed to profit with all, it is given for the edification of the body of Christ. Amen? And if it's not being used for that, it's being misused. And so I want to start by saying, listen, it, the, the gift of discerning of spirits is not discernment. Some people make the mistake to call it the gift of discernment. And you have to be careful because that's not what the text says. The text says it is the gift of discerning of spirits. Amen. If you just say gift of discernment, uh, that could be misconstrued. That could be misunderstood because discernment 
the definition of discernment by itself is, is simply a human capability, okay? And it's a human capability that can be cultivated, watch this, through investigation, uh, search, uh, someone's uh, diligence and assessment, come on somebody, and through observation, amen? In other words, uh, a, a good attorney can be discerning. A good attorney, a good attorney can listen to what you're saying. And through his discernment, uh, figure out whether or not you're telling the truth. A, a really good surgeon is discerning. Because a, a, you, after listening to you for a little while about what your symptoms are, uh, if he's really discerning, he can pinpoint exactly what the problem is. This is not uh, the, the gift of discerning of spirits. This is just human discernment. Are you following me in this place? Uh, I would say a mechanic. A mechanic can be very discerning because a mechanic could just listen to a certain sound that your car is making and pinpoint exactly what that problem could possibly be. Same thing with contractors when they come to your house to, to look, you know, you, you look at the paint on the walls and, and, and how, the, how the house is staged, but they're looking for cracks in the foundation and, and they're discerning on whether or not this house is worth purchasing or not. Are you following what I'm saying? So there is a human discernment. I read something I thought it was interesting. Let me read it for you very quickly. The musicians of the New York Philharmonic Orchestra were once asked to name the most effective conductor. And all of them said Arturo Toscani. And it's him hands down. And when they asked them why, uh, one of the instrumentalists said he could anticipate when you were going to make a mistake and keep you from making it. So they would say this man had discernment, but I wanna to submit to you that that again is human discernment. That is not the gift of discerning of spirits. Are you with me so far? Amen? So, you know, again, when we're talking about the gift of discerning of spirits, we're not talking about human intuition. I'm not talking about you having a gut, I got a gut feeling. That ain't the spirit. That's your gut feeling. Notice, feeling. God help me in here. So it's not a hunch. Amen, somebody. It's not an assumption, and it's not a psychological trait. Amen? It is the spiritual ability to decipher and discover the motive behind an action. God help me in here. And one of the mistakes that a lot of people do is that they limit this particular gift to one area. And they think that the gift of discerning of spirits is just your ability to see demons. And can I just submit to you, hallelujah, while I will not exclude that, that's incomplete. Amen? Because you don't, own, listen, everything that needs to be discerned is not always evil. You need to be able to discern God in something. You need to be able to tell whether it's God or whether it is the devil. At the same time, hallelujah, you need to be able to tell if it's just man. If that's just coming from the flesh. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so when you're really operating or when, this, or when you have this gift, uh, you, you will on occasion pry into the invisible realm. And God will allow you to see the source and the motive for an action. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? And tell you where it's coming from. It's a powerful thing, hallelujah, because you cannot safely uh, discern a thing without this gift. Because if you allow yourself just to be used uh, by your natural wisdom and your natural discernment, you can easily make a mistake. Are you in this place so far? Amen. Hallelujah. And so watch this. You need to know whether something is motivated by God, motivated by demons, or motivated by the flesh. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So can we look at an example? Let's, let's begin with the human spirit. Let's, let's begin, hallelujah, with an example of something that's being motivated purely by human discernment. Come with me to the book of Job, chapter number 34. Book of Job, chapter number 34, beginning at verse number 1. Now, I can't give you, I can't go verse by verse, amen, hallelujah, but uh, I encourage you to study this on your own, hallelujah. We're going to look at 12 verses real quickly, hallelujah, then I got to narrate them because I won't have time to get to the other stuff I want to get to, amen, hallelujah. Now, how many of you know that Job has some friends? <laughs> Job had four friends, amen, and Job was in a dilemma, and Job was going through, and Job had some serious things happen to him, right? He lost all his money, he lost all his kids, he got sick in his body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he had four friends who came to him and thought they knew why Job was going what, what, <laughs> through what he was going through. Amen. And all four of them had something to say. Amen. So I want to begin with one of them. And his name was Elihu. Okay. His name is Elihu. Uh, beginning at verse number one. Listen to what it says. Furthermore, Elihu answered and said, hear my words. Oh, ye wise men. Now, he's talking out loud. He's talking in front of probably the other three and maybe some other people that were there. Hear my words, O ye wise men, and give ear unto me, ye that have knowledge. For the ear trieth words as the mouth tasteth meat. I want you to listen to that right there. Hallelujah. Watch this. Let us choose to us judgment. Let us know among ourselves what is good. For Job has said, I am righteous, and God hath taken away my judgment. Should I lie against my right? My wound, this is Job talking, my wound is incurable without transgression. What man is like Job, this is him again now, uh, who drinketh up scorning like water, which goeth, in, which goeth in company with the workers of iniquity and walketh with wicked men. For he has said, it profited a man nothing that he should delight himself with God. Therefore, hearken unto me, ye men of understanding, far be it from God that he should do wickedness, and from the Almighty that he should commit iniquity. For the work of a man shall he render unto him. In other words, uh, you reap what you sow. Amen. And cause every man to find it according to his ways. Ye surely, God, will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. Now, Elihu has a lot to say here, amen? Uh, he's using a tactic that most attorneys use, amen? Uh, if you know anything about movies that you've ever watched about law or courts or have ever had to been to, a, been to a court, an attorney is never really quick to advise you to take the stand. Why? Why? Because he knows that everything you say will be used against you. And, and, and before you ever take the stand, he will encourage you on what to say and what not to say. 
Amen. And if at all possible, he will tell you, don't even do it to yourself. Amen. And so he's using that tactic here. He's using what Job has said. If you notice the text, he's saying Job has said. And Job has said. And he's using Job's own words against him. But he is, watch this, twisting or mincing Job's words. And you have to study to really find out if Job really said what Elihu really said. Because when he said Job has said he is righteous, uh, he's making the accusation that Job is saying he's never sinned. That's what he's saying. But that's not what Job said. Job said, I didn't do nothing wrong for what's happening to me. Are you following what I'm saying? He's saying, I didn't do anything wrong, and this is happening to me. In other words, what he said is, my righteousness did not protect me from what I'm going through right now. And so Job is saying, watch this, a good thing can, a bad thing can happen to good people. But these guys are insinuating, no, you are reaping from that which you have sold. And so if this is happening to you, it's because you did something to bring this upon yourself. You know, it kind of reminds me of the parable of the wheat and the tares. You remember that parable of the wheat and the tares? Where, watch this, the Bible says that the men sowed good seed, right? And then they went to sleep. And when they got up the next morning, there was wheat with the tares. The first thing that they asked themselves, which is what we're supposed to ask ourselves, is, did I sow for this? The first thing they said was, didn't we sow good seed? Watch this. And after they determined we didn't sow for this, here was the conclusion. An enemy. An enemy has done this. And so watch this. These guys are using, watch this, human wisdom, attorney tactics, watch this, to try to accuse Job of sin that he did not do. Now, if you know this story like I do in chapter 2, God says about Job that in all these things, Job did not sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when Job says, I didn't do anything wrong, he's not being puffed up like these guys are insinuating that he has no sin. Because I could show you scriptures where Job actually confesses his sin. Are you following what I'm saying? And so watch this. They're twisting his words. And even when they say something, because he says some things that were true. And he says some things um, about God that, 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 that speak to us about how God is sovereign. He was actually defending God's sovereignty and really focusing on God's justice. That's the whole attorney thing. He was focusing on God's justice and saying God is just. But even though that is true, he misapplied that to Job. And watch this. Uh, because he's operating in human wisdom, he already has Job guilty. But if he had discerning of the spirits, God would have opened his eyes and he would have saw that there was some other sources at work here. And he would have saw, watch this, that not only was there a demonic source behind what was happening to Job, but that God was also involved. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But he could not see that because he was not operating in discerning of spirits. He was operating in human wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so he's saying some things and they sound real good, but concerning Job, he's wrong. Oh God, are you in this place? And so watch this, you know, that's a tactic that people are taught too, in order to read a person. They'll tell you, you know, you listen to a person and you can get a lot from just listening to that person. 
by the words that they use, whether they're derogatory, uh, or whether they, they use vain language, uh, watch the body language. As a matter of fact, I was picking up my kids today, so amazing, and I was driving in the car, and I had uh, K-Love on, and uh, the, the host of K-Love was doing an experiment, watch this, about something he learned about the same exact thing. And so he was having people call in and tell him to, to answer some of his questions, and by the questions that that he asked that they answered, he told the person what their occupation was, he told them what color their hair was, he tried to guess what their age was, and the remarkable thing was that he was 75% right with three people that called. 75% right, based on what they said. And so there's a lot you can learn from an individual by just listening. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But then again, that's human discernment. Are you blessed in here so far? Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. And so watch this. There is that human spirit. You know, we talk about demonic spirits and we talk about God's spirit, but then there is that human spirit. Amen. The Bible makes references to the human spirit all the time. Let me give you some examples. When you hear the term a spirit of heaviness, that's a human spirit. That's, that's something that a, that a person is feeling. Are you following what I'm saying? Uh, you'll hear a, a sorrowful spirit. That's when somebody's down, somebody's feeling sad. Are you following me? Uh, there's a troubled spirit. You know, something's bothering you. There is a broken spirit. You know, you get your heart broken or, or you've been through something and you feel real bad about it. There's that broken spirit. There's a haughty spirit. You know, that's when you get puffed up. Amen. And then there's a humble spirit. And there is an angry spirit. Some of us know about that one right there. Amen, somebody. But all those are referring to a human spirit. Amen. But when we're talking about discerning of spirits, we're talking about God's diagnostic capability to cause you to see into the invisible realm, find the source and the motive for an action. If you're with me so far, shout glory. Now, let me just submit to you that just because God allows you to pry into the invisible does not make you a prophet. Let me just throw that out there because there are some people who probably operate in this gift and automatically assume, oh, I'm a prime. Let me help you in here. It doesn't mean, because even though you are privileged to see into the invisible realm, you could see in the invisible realm and still not know what God is saying. I said you can still not know what God is saying just because he shows you something about a thing or a person doesn't mean you know what he's saying. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Now, I want to submit to you that most of the people who operate in this particular gift have a hard time, watch this now, have a hard time walking in love with other people. <laughs> Why? Why? Because you see too much. Because you see too much. And oftentimes what ends up happen happening is God shows you something perhaps about somebody, amen, or someone's character, and you compromise the very agent that is the most necessary for you to flow correctly after he shows you something, which is love. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and because you know something, now you're having a hard time loving 
you're having a hard time loving that person. This is why uh, the Apostle Paul, who often operated in this gift, and if I get an opportunity, I'm going to show you one particular one, amen, who, who operated in this gift, got to a place where he said, you know what, from henceforth, I, I, I regard no man after the flesh. Because watch this, after walking in the spirit, hallelujah, God has shown me some stuff about some people. And if I, if I let that stuff get to me, I'm going to have a hard time loving them. So I got to get past the stuff I see because there's treasure in there. Because while I might look at you and God allow me to see some things about you, hallelujah, I have to learn how to see you like God sees you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we see something that God shows us and we see the dirt, hallelujah, and we react off the dirt. But when God looks at that person, God sees the reason he made them. I says he sees the reason he made them. And so watch this, hallelujah. It's like when the Bible talks about buried treasure and it says the kingdom of God is like a buried treasure. That when a man finds it, he sells all that he has and he buys the whole field. He buys the whole field. He has to buy the whole field in order to tap into the treasure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, a lot of us want to tap in just the treasure part of somebody. And we don't want the dirt that comes with the treasure. Oftentimes, the dirt is what you see first. Come on, somebody, because everybody in here got some. Hang out with anybody long enough, and you're going to find something to talk about. And so watch this. The apostle Paul said, I see the dirt, but watch this now. I'm going to get past the dirt because there's treasure in there. And I'm going to help that individual pull out the best. I'm going to help him pull out the reason God made him. Are you in this place, church? And so watch this, people who operate in this gift, if they're not careful, listen, while the enemy, can I preach in here? While the enemy cannot take your gift away, he can use your gift against you. I said he can use it against you. And he'll use it against you to the point, hallelujah, where he'll make you feel punished for what you see. Did you hear what I said? And then you become, watch this, then you become isolated. God, help me in here. And now, you, if the gift is for the edification of the body, how good would it, how good, what, will it, what good will it do you if you're isolated away from the body? Are you in this place? And so watch this. If you're going to operate in this gift, you have to apply the cross daily. Amen. I said you have to apply the cross daily, hallelujah, watch this, so that you can maintain right conduct. And, and maintain character and flow, watch this, correctly with what you know or what God has shown you. And still love. Woo. I said, and still love. Are you in this place? And if you do not know how to do this, watch this, the enemy will make you a harsh individual. You'll notice the people that operate in this gift are rude, guarded, abrasive, negative, Amen. And watch this. While the enemy has not been able to take their gift because he can't, it came from God, he uses it against them. And now, watch this. Instead of them operating in it powerfully for the body of Christ, they're paranoid. Paranoid because of what they've seen. And then they isolate themselves. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? And this is why I keep reiterating that if love is not at the core of any spiritual gift, you will misuse it. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah, Jesus. So, so anyway, I gave you a human example, watch this, uh, where the motive of Elihu was motivated by human discernment, right? Now, can we look at 
an example where the motive was demonic. Amen? Can we do it? You ready to study? Come on, you ready to work? All right, go to Job chapter 4. I want to talk about one of his other friends. Job chapter 4 and verse number 12. Job chapter 4 and verse number 12. You guys doing all right? Hallelujah. When you're there, shout amen. amen. All right, here we go. Hallelujah. Uh, I'm going to read like 10 verses, so just flow with me. Now a thing, now, now watch this now, because this is Eliphaz, uh, Eliphaz, and he is saying to Job, I know, Job, I know that you've messed up because I got a revelation. So watch this. Now a thing was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a little thereof. Uh, the NIV says it came to me in a whisper. In thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falleth on men, fear came upon me, and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face, and my hair, the hair of my flesh, stood up. Perhaps somebody in here could testify of having an experience like this. Amen. So, Y'all so quiet today? <laughs> Hallelujah. Watch this. He said, I stood still, but I could not discern the form thereof. An image was before mine eyes. There was silence, and I heard a voice saying. Watch this now. Shall moral man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? Behold, he put no trust in his servants and his angels. He charged with folly. How much less in them that dwell in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, which are crushed before the moth. They are destroyed from morning to evening. They perish forever without any regarding it. Does not their excellency, which is in them, go away? They die even without wisdom. And so watch this. Here's a man who receives a visitation from some. Amen? And that thing starts talking. And that thing sounds like it's saying some deep stuff. The question is, what is the source? The question is, consider the Source, Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? And so watch this. Before I dissect this text, go to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Amen? Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12. I'm giving you some Bible today. Hebrews 4 and verse 12. You know this scripture. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Watch this. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of what? Soul and spirit. Period. They're so close, they're so close to each other that only the word has the blade to separate them. Amen? Uh, to determine whether something is spirit or soul. And of the joints and marrow, and is a discern, is a what? Is a discerner of the thoughts and interests of the heart. Amen? The word can give you insight on one's motive. 
Are you following what I'm saying? Now, here's what you have to understand about the word. Because all of us, you know, we have the book. Amen. But here's what Jesus said about the word. My word is spirit. Okay. My word is spirit. And so watch this. Hallelujah. If there's anything that can decipher, help you determine whether something is from God or not, is the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? It is because if you don't have enough word in you, and I'm not talking about a word you go look for, and I'm not talking about the letter of the word. I'm talking about the spirit of the word. I'm talking about word you have in you. Amen? Because it's not when, when trouble comes, that's not the time to go look for a word. Amen? Oftentimes, hallelujah, uh, we, we wait for trouble, and then we try to find the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm talking about word in you. Amen, somebody. And if you have enough word in you, it will help you in discerning the source of something. Are you following what I'm saying in this place? Because if you don't have enough word in you, you're going to be left to try to decipher it by your gut. Yes. By your feelings. Are you following what I'm saying? And if you do that, I can almost guarantee you, you're going to make a mistake. Amen. The word of God is the premise for all discerning of spirits because no gift of the spirit will contradict the word of God. So the, so the question we have to ask ourselves after listening to this, now there's no doubt he had an encounter. Something came to his house and something was standing before him and something started talking to him. The question is, was it from God? And the best discerner is the word. So can we just look at it real quickly through the word? Amen, somebody? Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. One of the things that I noticed quickly about this, amen, and this is just an observation that I made, is that when uh, you see this or you read this, you can see, hallelujah, how this spirit appealed to the carnal desire for a special revelation. The carnal desire for special revelation. Can I tell you that there are people who are carnal about their desire for revelation? There are people who want to be recognized as being spiritual or being deep. Amen. And will even go to great lengths to try to show you how deep they are. Amen. By some of the stuff they said they received. Are you following what I'm saying? God help me in this place. And so watch this. You can almost tell that that's evident here. Hallelujah. But watch this. Watch this. Uh, uh, let me give you some Bible on that. So, so, so when God or when Satan tempts Eve, do you remember what the temptation was? You guys remember? He said, watch this. If you eat from the tree, you, you, you ain't going to die. Watch this now. You're going to be like God. In other words, he said, your eyes will open and you will be able to discern between good and evil. And it was an appetite for revelation that made her bite the hook. God, help me in here. Are you following what I'm saying? And so Satan feeds off that too with lies. God, help me in here. Hallelujah. Are you blessed in here? Watch this. Another thing. Let's observe the text. Okay, let's do some observation here. Even before we interpret, let's just observe. Any, any careful, ardent reader of the word of God begins with observation first, then interpretation. I wish I had time to talk about that. Hallelujah. But watch this. Let's observe some things. Watch this. Uh, the Bible says that this particular spirit came at nighttime. 
Now, nothing wrong with that, amen, but let's just look at that for a second. And then it came in the form of a nightmare. I said it came at nighttime, and it came in the form of a nightmare. Hallelujah. In other words, the, the character it used to approach this individual uh, was one of intimidation. Are you in this place? Uh, it starts right away with an accusation. I'm getting ahead of myself. Hallelujah. Watch this. It's not an approach that God usually chooses. As a matter of fact, for those of you who read your Bible, whenever an angel of the Lord showed up, hallelujah, the initial, the initial response of a man was to either bow down, fall as a dead man, and sometimes fear. But when it was fear, the angel would speak, and the angel would say this, fear not, or do not be afraid and then the angel would immediately say i have come from god with a message for you now i notice that's usually the case i could give you examples daniel uh, is an example hallelujah there's an example in the book of luke there's an example in revelation of when an angel comes and that is exactly the case but in this case he don't say anything immediately he doesn't say fear not he lets the man's hair stand on edge amen and he doesn't even say where he came from are you hearing me in here? He does not say where he came. He didn't even say, I came from God. There was silence. And then there was a voice. Are you in this place? Hallelujah. Watch this. Then we observe that the Spirit's message begins with an accusation. He accused them. An accusation which is usually the tactic that is ascribed to Satan. According to Revelation, who is an accuser of the brethren. He starts with an accusation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Then he insinuates, watch this, that God does not trust his angels. Did you hear that when we read the text? That God does not trust his angels, watch this, and that he charged them to folly. Amen? So now let's think about that for a second. Does, does God not trust his angels? Uh, we can argue, hallelujah, that there were some angels that God trusted and took advantage of that trust and are no longer with God. But are there angels that God trusts? How many times in scripture did God entrust an angel with a message and bring it to his people? Are you following what I'm saying in here? So this, this spirit right here could very well, could very well be one of those spirits, hallelujah, who uh, lost trust. Are you hearing me? Saying that God does not trust his angels. Then he took it a step further and says, if he don't trust his angels, how are you going to trust humans? Remember, remember the, the, the idea is to accuse Job. So he's saying, Job ain't that righteous. Let's not get crazy here, because if God don't trust angels, is he going to trust humans? So let's ask ourselves that question. While we know that God can't trust everybody, have there been some people that God could trust? How many people did, did God not trust Moses? When Moses didn't even believe himself, did God not trust Gideon? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did God not trust Abraham? Leave your country and your kindred and go to a place that I will show you. Did God not trust some of these great men? Did God not entrust the church with the message of the reconciliation? Of this, come on somebody, hallelujah. And so watch this, while he might not be trusting everybody, he has some people that he can trust. As a matter of fact, if he didn't trust Job, why would he tell Satan, have you considered Job? There's nobody like him in the earth. Satan said, yeah, well, if you remove the hedge and you let me touch his stuff, he'll curse you to his face. And God said, the hedge is lifted. Why? I trust him. 
I know him. Are you hearing what I'm saying in this place? And so listen to what the spirit is saying. He said he don't trust no angels. He don't trust no men. And then he went as far as saying, watch this, that people die. Their foundation is the dust and, and they die and nobody knows it. Now that's a lie. That's a lie because my Bible says that a sparrow doesn't hit the floor without God knowing about it. And you are more valuable than sparrows. And so, and the Bible also talks about how precious is the death of his saints. And so watch this. Nothing happens outside of God's omniscience. And so this is a lie. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And so when you, when you understand your word and the character of your God, you weigh that by what you heard. This is why the Bible says on another occasion that Satan himself can come to you as an angel of light. And the way you determine whether he's from God or not is through the word. The word will sharpen it. The word will cut it. The word will determine, hallelujah, whether it's of God or not. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But if you ain't got no word, you will be deceived because you had an experience. And my concern, hallelujah, is not that Christians are not reading their Bible. It's just that Christians are not reading their Bible correctly. And, and, and I'm, I'm, asking, I'm praying right now, hallelujah, for God to give me a, a, a season where I can teach the saints of God a little hermeneutics and a little homiletics. Homiletics is the art of preaching. Hermeneutics is the art of studying how to interpret the text. Amen? How to read the text in context without taking it out of context because what you need to understand about the word of God is that the word of God is self-revelation I said it is self-revelation it doesn't need your opinion it it interprets itself one of the things you learn in Bible school is that scripture interprets scripture are you following what I'm saying so if you just read it in context it will tell you what it's saying. When you ask the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, and the how, hallelujah. When you begin to ask or find out what's, what's, what's metaphorical, what's allegorical, what is literal, what is figurative. Uh, is he talking in the general sense or is he talking in the absolute sense? If you don't understand some simple rules of interpreting scripture, you will mutilate the text. And make it say what you want it to say. And I've seen it done. Amen, somebody. Amen. Hallelujah. So my concern is not that people ain't reading. My concern is that people are not rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. And that is a concern. Hallelujah, Jesus. Are you blessed in here? Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Watch this. Another thing that we notice here is that it, the Bible contradicts the assertions that the demons, that the demon makes, in fact, that he hasn't trusted humans or angels. We already touched that. Hallelujah. And how do I know that Eliphaz is not telling the truth? Because while I can discern it through the scriptures, right? This is why you, listen, uh, we're in chapter four, but I didn't learn for a fact that he's, this is not of God until I got to chapter 42. So you got to do some serious reading. So show me Job chapter 42 and verse number seven. You guys doing okay? Job chapter 42 and verse number 7. And then hopefully I'll get into some juicier stuff. All right. Job 42 and verse 7. Listen to what it says. And it was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to who? To Eliphaz the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against the Amadachi. 
is kindled against thee and against your two friends. Now, there was four of them. I ain't got time to get into that. He left Elihu out. There's a reason for that. But we'll do that on another day. And against thy two friends, for ye have not, watch this, for ye have not spoken of me the thing that is right as my servant Job has. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have not spoken in my stead. You have not spoken for me. And what you did speak in my name was wrong. And I am upset at you. And look at what he goes on to say after that. Therefore, take unto you now seven bullocks and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up for yourselves a burnt offering and my servant Job shall pray for you. You were wrong. You said that I told you and I did not tell you. This is why you have to be careful when you say the Lord told me or the spirit led me and the spirit said God said you said that but it was not me. And so now go back, go to Job, the person you said it about, and present an offering. And he's going to pray for you. Man, Job is awesome. And offer yourselves a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you. For him will I accept, lest I deal with you after your folly, in that you have not spoken of me the thing which is right like my servant Job. Next verse. So Eliphaz, the Timonite, and Bildad, and the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Namathite, went and did according as the Lord commanded them. The Lord also accepted Job. Are you in this place, church? Amen, 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 amen. All right? Let me say something else in here concerning discerning of spirits. You guys doing all right? Got a couple more minutes. Watch this. You cannot measure a motive by your prior experiences. I said, you can't measure a motive by prior experiences. And if, you got, if you're not careful, we as humans, we have the tendency to do that. Let me give you an example. And I won't go to it because I'm running out of time. But when, when, when Samuel fills his horn with oil, you know the story. And he goes to Jesse's house and he's about to anoint the next king. Amen. The first person he sees is Eliab, which is the brother of David. And he's the tallest one in the bunch. Amen. And so when he sees them, this is what he says. Surely that is the chosen of the Lord. And he's getting ready to hold the horn of oil over his head. And the voice of the Lord comes and says, hey, stop. Don't look at him through the eyes of flesh. For, man, for God does not see. Like man sees. And so why here's a prophet. And you, let me just say this. That when you are a prophet. You usually operate in this gift. But on this given day. He saw this man was tall. And wanted to anoint him right away. Why? Because the previous king. The Bible says was head and shoulders. Above every man. So he assumed based on a previous. God help me in here. Based on a previous experience that it was going to be the same way again. And then God had to teach him something. And then he showed him, finally brought David into this picture, this small, smelly kid. And showed him that the one who didn't look like the one was going to be the one. 
because I do not look at the outward appearance. I see, help me in here. I see the heart. And if you go by human wisdom and human discernment, you anoint the wrong person to be a leader. And so you need this gift. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Mm. Do not look at his height, he said. Amen? You are not tapping into the spirit right now. You're looking at him with the wrong eyes. Because you have spiritual senses. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, man. Mm. And there were times where Samuel did operate in the gift. Uh, when, when the command was given to King Saul to kill all the Amalekites, right? And he doesn't kill them all uh, because he got tired of waiting for Samuel. When Samuel gets there, he knows. He knows. He knows something's wrong. Amen? Because at that point, hallelujah, he was walking in the spirit. Amen? So understand that the word of God divides uh, the intention of the heart. Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. Can I give you another example very quickly? Go to Matthew 16 and verse 20. Matthew 16 and verse 20. Hallelujah. Matthew 16 and verse number 20. Now, this is when, you remember this story, when Jesus tells his disciples, who do men say that I am? And we talked about this when we talked about the word of, wisdom, word of knowledge. And, you know, they said, some of you say, some say you're a prophet. Some say you're John, come back from the dead. Elijah, come back from the dead. Some say you're this, some say you're that. And then all of a sudden, Peter gets up and says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Amen. And God gives him a word of knowledge. Amen. And Jesus looks at him. Watch this. Jesus looks at him and says these words. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. What's the inference there? Here's the inference. This is what God told me. Watch this. If you're not careful, flesh and blood will show you something. He, he told him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Amen. You didn't get this from human discernment. But if you're not careful, flesh and blood will show you something. Are you hearing me? Watch this. Hallelujah. And, and, and uh, so Peter was operating in the spirit. But in the same chapter, just a couple of verses later, watch what happens. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. After uh, Peter said, thou art the Christ. He said, all right, you got it. You got it, but keep it on the hush for now. Amen? And then the next verse. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again on the third day. He told them this. Next verse. Then Peter took him. Now, you got to picture this. You got to picture this. Okay. Then Peter took him. Took who? Jesus. Took Jesus. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. So, so Jesus said, I'm going to be killed and I'm going to get up again on the third day. And Peter said, he took him. And then he starts rebuking Jesus. And he tells Jesus, saying, be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not happen to you. And Peter is saying, this is not going to happen to you. Not as long as I'm here. Not as long as I'm around. We're not going to let that happen. That is not going to happen. And watch this now. He, can, he has good intentions. 
You can have good intentions and be absolutely wrong. You can have good intentions and be contrary to the will of God. Because he came to die. Don't tell me I ain't going to die because that's why I came. So, so watch what Jesus does in the next verse. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me. Satan. Satan. What is he saying? Watch this. I just discerned by the discerning of spirits that what motivated those words was hell. That Satan himself was the source behind the motive of those words. So get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savoreth not the things that be of God, but those. That be a man. You're not talking to me by God right now. A little while ago, <laughs> a little while ago, you were talking by God. And in the same chapter, just a few verses later, now you're back in the flesh. Now you're back in man mode. So you better be careful. Because you could be used to God in one moment and then end up in the flesh in the next. This is why knowing the word of God or the will of God is so important. Jesus knew his will. And Jesus is the word. So Jesus said, I know what I came to do. You got it wrong, sir. Amen? Are you blessed in here, church? Let me give you a couple more examples and then we'll be done. Amen? Uh, John 147. John 147. John 147. Hallelujah. Some of you are familiar with this story. Hallelujah. Uh, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, watch this, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. That's discerning of spirits. Uh, the word of knowledge comes later. Let me show you. Let me show you. Give me the next verse. Nathanael said unto him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou was under the fig tree, I saw thee. So Jesus received the word of knowledge of where he was. Amen? That's the word of knowledge. But go back to verse 47. Verse 47 is discerning of spirits. Because we're talking about a man's character. Watch this. He says, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said of him, Behold an Israelite indeed in whom there is no guile. In other words, hallelujah, the thing that motivates this man is not deceit. This man is pure. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? His motives are pure. And deceit is not operating in his life. And he could look at him and he knows it. Uh, are you hearing this preacher? Uh, God, let me give you another example. You want another one? Hallelujah. Watch this. Uh, Luke, Luke 9 and verse 54. Luke 9 and verse 54. I only got a couple more. We're going to land the plane on time. Hallelujah. Listen to what it says. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? Even as Elias did. He said, should we do what Elijah did to the false prophets? And watch what Jesus said. But he turned and rebuked them and said, ye know not what manner of spirit you are of. Next verse. 
For the Son of Man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Now, to, I can't get into the whole story there. You're going to find this in another gospel as well. But watch this. What happened here is that the disciples, these two in particular, they later named the Sons of Thunder. <laughs> Because of this incident. But watch this. They, they saw somebody casting out demons in Jesus' name. And they weren't part of the group. So they went to Jesus and said, we saw somebody casting out demons uh, and talking in your name. And they're not doing it right. Because they're not with us. And so should we call fire down from heaven on them? Should we judge them? And Jesus said, what's motivating you right now? not coming from me. What, what, what's motivating what you want to do right now is not from what spirit? That ain't my, that's a spirit, but it ain't my spirit. God, help me in this place. Are you following me? Let me give you another example of what I'm talking about. Uh, Acts chapter 8 and verse 18. Acts chapter 8 and verse number 18. Hallelujah. We're almost there, saints. Watch this. And when Simon saw through the laying on of the apostles' hands that the Holy Ghost was given, he offered them money. <laughs> he saw that power. Remember, he was a sorcerer. He had tricks of his own. But when he saw what happened to people when the apostles laid hands on them, he said, whoa, I ain't got that power. But I want that power. And he offered them money. Next verse. Saying, give me also this power that on whomsoever I lay hands, he may receive the Holy Ghost. But Peter said unto him, thy money, but this is Peter discerning his heart. But Peter said unto him, thy money perish with thee, because thou hast thought that the gift of God may be purchased with money. Thou hast neither part nor lot in this matter, watch this now, for thy heart is not right in the sight of God. Ooh, my God, help me in here. Next verse. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought, if perhaps the thought of thine heart may be forgiven thee. Next verse. For I perceive, for I perceive, this is discernment. Watch this. This is the, the discerning of spirit. For I perceive that thou art in the gall of bitterness and in the bound of iniquity. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Let me give you another example very quick. Acts 13, same book. Acts 13 and verse number 6. Acts 13 and verse number 6. I'm giving you all these examples so that you can get a good idea of what discerning of spirits looks like in your scripture. Amen? Here we go. And when they had gone through the Isle of Paphos, watch this, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus. Isn't that something? <laughs> which was, because the enemy is an imitator. Watch this. Uh, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and saw and desired to hear, he desired to hear the word of God. Amen. Isn't that something? But Elymas, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Spirits get in the way. God, help me. Watch this. Then Saul, who is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost. My God. And discerning 
of spirits set his eyes on him. Could you imagine? God, help me here. I, I read this stuff and I just get in character. Amen. Uh, could you imagine Paul just go? So he sets his eyes on him next verse. And say, oh, fool of a subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, will thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Look at the next verse. And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Now notice what he said. He said, you're going to be blind for a season. He's fortunate <laughs> that it was just going to be temporary. But he had to learn a valuable lesson. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? But, but so Paul operated in discerning of spirits. He saw it. He looked at him and he saw it. Are you in this place, church? Can I give you one last example and we'll close on tonight? One last example. I got six minutes anyway. I could do it. Watch this. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, beginning at verse number 17. Hallelujah, Jesus. You ready, saints? This is the last one. Let's go to work. The same followed Paul and us. Ah, can I just say something right there? Everybody who's following you should be discerned. Why? Because motives matter. I said because motives do matter. Can I just submit to you uh, that murder usually begins with a motive? Things like theft begin with a motive. And so people who are following should be discerned. Why? Because motives matter. God, help me. You need this spirit before you pick somebody to marry. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. Hallelujah, Jesus. Um, watch this. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are men of the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. So here is Paul walking, watch this, doing the will of God, and this woman who is following them. Now, here's what you have to understand. Uh, unlike the Eliphaz event, where we were able to just look at the word of God and decipher, you know what this ain't of God? What do you do when the person, watch this, hallelujah, who has wrong motives have a word? Because when you read this, there ain't no lie here. There's no lie in what she said. Hear what she said. The same follow Paul and us and Christ saying, these men are men, listen, are men are the servants of the Most High God, which show us the way of salvation. She got a word. Most people would have called her a prophet and, 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 and put her in charge of the... Are you... Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Because they would have said, she's speaking the truth. She got a word. She got a devil. Watch this. <laughs> Let me go to the next verse. Next verse. And this did she many days. But Paul, 
being grieved. The, the thing that, that amazes me, hallelujah, is that he waited. But turned and said to the... Now I want you, oh, now I want you to catch that right there. Because he didn't talk to her. He spoke to the spirit. See, the problem with us is that we get caught up and we get into it with the person. Rather than get into it with the culprit. Who is the spirit. He doesn't speak to the person. He speaks to the spirit. And said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very same hour. Ooh, do not be deceived by someone who says something accurate. The question is, what said it? Oh, Lord, have mercy in this place. In other words, consider the source. Consider, God help me in here. This woman has a spirit of divination. As a matter of fact, when you, look at, when you look at it and you study it, the Greek word there is actually a python spirit. This woman is a snake. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And what she wanted, watch this, is that she wanted to tap into uh, Paul's crowd. So she figured if the people see me with him and if the people see me close to him all the time, talking like they're talking, then when I start lying to them, they'll believe me. Help me in here. And so Paul saw right through her. And he called that spirit out. And the minute he did it, she lost all her power. They got thrown in jail for it too. Amen. But we won't even get into that uh, on today. But consider the source. Amen. Mm. Listen, when God shows you something about a person and you go to the person to continue to engage the person, you have not allowed that gift to mature you. He didn't deal with the person. He dealt with the spirit. Oh, God, help me. And if you just fool with the person, you're immature. Are you blessed in here? I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. Most people, most people would have said, Man, Paul, why are you so harsh? Because he said, come out of her, you foul spirit. Most people would have been like, man, Paul, that pastor? Why are you so harsh? Uh, she had a word. God used her. She spoke the truth. God, help me in this place. Hallelujah. Is that not the word of God? Here's, here's advice for you. Don't follow your heart. The world will tell you that all day long. Just follow your heart. Just follow, just follow your heart. Can I help you in here? Your heart will lie to you. Your heart is deceitful. That's why the Bible says, guard the heart, for out of it flow the issues. There's issues in there. Follow, follow the spirit. N not the heart. Are you in this place, church? If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Let me close. Hallelujah. Worship team, you can come up here. Watch this. I would dare say that oftentimes 
we don't see real deliverance because we don't see how God sees. Can I say that one more time? Oftentimes, we don't see or experience real deliverance because we do not see how God sees. Are you, are you hearing me? Can I be really transparent in here? What would you do if a cross-dresser came in this room and sat in the midst of you? What would you do if a drag queen came out of nowhere and just sat in the midst of you? Hallelujah. You know what the simple religious response would be? The simple religious response would be like, oh, whoa, you need deliverance. And turn away from it. Or take action. But can I help you in here? When God sees her, or him, whatever. When God sees that person, how does God see that person? Can I tell you what I believe the scripture teaches me? The scripture teaches me that God will see the reason he made her or made him. Are you understanding? Because I know why I made you. And if you're in the earth, you're in the earth with purpose. You just lost. You are a sheep without a shepherd. And that individual will never change until they first find out their worth. And so in the church, you see a lot of action, but no real deliverance. Because it's not until a person knows their worth. That real change can take place. And they're not going to know their worth until a man or a woman of God operating in discerning spirits can see the treasure and speak a word about your worth to you that causes you to repent and break in the presence of Almighty God. And so I, I get concerned that we just look at a person and say that's a devil, but that's God's creation. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. They might be influenced by a devil, but that's why you can operate in a gift of discerning of spirits, cast that devil out, speak life to that person. But you have to be able to see the person like God sees the person. Don't turn away from the person. I believe God's going to start sending those kind of people to see what we will do when they come. Just because you were able to spot it doesn't make you the agent of emancipation. If you can't see that person like God sees them, you ain't going to rebuke nothing. You can do the, you can do, you can go into the theatrics of rebuking devils, but you ain't going to rebuke nothing. There won't be no real deliverance if you can't see the person correctly. God help me in this place. Hallelujah. They won't know what they're worth until it is discerned by the spirit. 
You receive the word of the Lord on today. Can we give God praise in here? Come on, somebody help me praise the Lord. Come on, give him glory.